Yo, what up? Welcome back to another episode of the Ultra Tier Podcast. Um, currently winding down at the moment. Double episode this week because me and Rafa fudged up. <laughs> we fudged up. I Our, fudged up. Yeah. Well, actually, well, no, we it's both. fair. We both we did. We both did. <laughs> we, so you know how last week we told you guys that we had to go like yeah. immediately? Well, yeah. we left and we forgot we had a show to still <laughs> upload for like days. We didn't upload it. And um, unfortunately, it's up now. So if you're listening to this, we put up the new episode yesterday or Wednesday? It's been uh, since Wednesday. I think, I think it was Wednesday. Yeah. yeah, we put it up Wednesday. The About new Pokemon. Yes, the Pokemon episode. So if you're, you know, you're curious and you're only seeing this one, there was another one. We have a double feature this week. So if you can go show that episode some love, I appreciate it. Um, it was me, Rafa, and then my buddy Yuli on there. So um, yeah, that was a fun episode. But mm-hmm. We're winding down right now. I'm currently on a critical role, Dungeons and Dragons high <laughs> at the moment. Um, I've just been consuming so much content from the critical role cast. And maybe, just maybe, if they do a campaign three, I might do like monthly recaps and stuff. Like, just, just because, I mean, just to kind of go off the tangent, today's episode is about we're going to review A Quiet Place 1 and A Quiet Place 2 today we're going to kind of break them down and talk about them what we love what we don't like or whatever but before we jump into that i want to kind of bird walk for a second um critical role so i i mean if you know me you know i play so much dungeons and dragons sometimes two times a week sometimes three times a week on a rare occasion but for the most part a good chunk of my week is dedicated to dungeons and dragons whether i'm preparing because i'm a dungeon master um, or I'm actually, you know, putting my story to the test and and playing with my friends. But um, on a more professional level, there's this group on YouTube and Twitch, and they're very popular and famous. They are almost like professional Dungeons and Dragons players, if you could believe that exists. They are amazing. Yes, I, I <laughs> just like watched a little bit with Lewis right now, but he's been watching more. But I was like so captivated by. <laughs> the uh, level of stress that all of these people are in their <laughs> campaign. I was yeah. super sad for something that was going on in there. Uh-huh. And they they just got so much going on. It's it's cool. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, so it is really fun to watch. I mean, if you like Dungeons & Dragons, then I'm sure you would like these people. Basically, it's... So, I mean, our group is just me and my friends playing D&D. But this group is like, you know a group of voice actors who are all really good friends. So imagine every character that they play with done by professional voice actors is almost just like a step above anything we can do because in our campaign, usually I'm doing, I'm doing all the voice acting almost 90% of the time. True. Um, you know, Rafa just joined for the first time playing D and D this past year. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he does a little bit of voice acting occasionally, but um, other than that, none of our other friends are like not voice actors or they don't really, you know, it's just not a thing that, you know, they they do, which is totally fine. But it is fun to watch a group of voice actors, voice characters and actually act and stuff in between the dialogue stages. Um, so I'm kind of just, you know, exci- I, I always get excited to watch them, but their episodes are like five hours long um, once a week and I just don't and they're like in their 141st episode and I That's just wild. don't have the time to watch five hours of content um, 
or at least catch up on it because we're i'm so behind on them and yeah lewis just told me that this current campaign just ended yesterday at the time of recording this podcast episode yeah they ended it yesterday or something rather it was a seven almost eight hour long finale but they've been playing for like three years this campaign which is insane to me to take that long on something like that yeah true um yeah, they take their time and and they really, you know, they they well they prof- they make money off of this. So, merchandising, all kinds of stuff. So, but um I just wanted to preface it in saying like that's just what I've kind of been into and we're just watching an episode right now. Um they just wrapped up their campaign number 2 yesterday, so um I'm hoping when Matt Mercer, who is the dungeon master, he starts campaign 3, I can actually keep up week to week rather than having to catch up on five hours worth of a hundred episodes or something because mm-hmm. I do not have that kind of time. But if it's like once <laughs> a week, I can definitely break it down throughout the week, you know? Um, True. So yeah, just a little bit of uh, some nerdisms going on right before the show, kind of winding down from that. But me and Rafa and a bunch of friends just saw A Quiet Place 2. Last, f- when did we go, Sunday? We went on Monday. Memorial oh, we did Day. go Memorial Day. We went Monday because I was—I knew we weren't able to go Friday, but we ended up going Memorial Day. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to kind of talk about the first one and the second one, kind of break them down and, and maybe what we like and what we don't like about both of them. I have way more likes than I do dislikes, that's for sure, 100%. <laughs> but we're kind of going off the top. I didn't write a script, didn't research anything. We're going to be doing everything on the fly today. Um Next week, hopefully, we'll have our In the Heights review. Um, and But as of right now, let's jump right into it. A Quiet Place 1 came out in 2018, directed and written, co-written by John Krasinski, if you know him. The Office plays Jim Halpert, of course, legend. The legend himself. That's where I first discovered him. Yep. <laughs> exactly. One of the greatest shows of all time. Um, co-starring his wife, Emily Blunt, who plays his wife in the movie also. And uh, they have children. And um, Rafa, if you can get the names of the young children, that yep, would be amazing. Looking that up right now. Um, but yeah, so so the kids are cool. Reagan, Abbott, Reagan, Marcus, and Bo. Cool, three kids, the three babies. Um, the the I mean, I, I think the standout of both parts is the young actress. She's amazing. Blanking, she is blanking on her name, but. Her name is Millicent Simmons. Millicent Simmons. Yeah. Shout out to Millicent Simmons. She's like, she's actually deaf in her life or hard of hearing or. I'm, yeah, she's deaf. That's um, how she, she, uh, she has that on her IG, I believe. Ah, yeah. So, in you know, I'm glad that in like surrounding this film and as they were casting, John Krasinski really sought out somebody who. Oh, she actually, doesn't have it on there, actually, anymore. Um, whatever, uh, I mean... But, yeah, she is The deaf. more PC term, I suppose. I believe there's a more PC term for for that than... Um, I don't... Whatever, I'm blanking on it. Maybe we can look it up after. We're sorry if deaf is incorrect, <laughs> but I'm yeah. pretty sure it's not. Yeah, yeah, I apologize. Um, but to kind of jump right into A Quiet Place 1, I remember just my experience seeing it for the first time. I saw it with a buddy of mine um clan and we want it's like not a group of friends that i usually ever hang out with but when i was at at uh, citrus at the time i was you know i just hung out with them after school one day just like a bunch of people that i met like 
didn't hang out with them much, but they were like, we're going to the movies. You want to go? And I was like, sure, I'll go with you guys. And they're really cool group of people. Um, shout out to, to Glenn and, uh, or to Glenn and them. Um, but we went to go see it. And I just remember like, I've never had a movie experience like this in my life. It's very unique in what it did and, and the, the essence that it captured. It goes from like incredibly, well, it's called a quiet place premise spoiler alert for both movies if you haven't seen both movies but the premise is um there was a alien invasion um on earth and it wiped out most of humanity assumingly we assume that it did um but the aliens are they react to sound so they can't see or anything like that they can only hear things so the entire movie they have to be like incredibly quiet and to have a movie that can work when most of the cast is not speaking, but signing and for some, and you still understand everything that's going on cause they're whispering. But so it's like a whole, like most movies you get normal dialogue. Everyone's talking at a normal, you know, level, right? This movie, they're barely talking and they're whispering the entire movie. So that, in and of itself is just a great concept of like alien, you know, very claustrophobic horror or anything like that. Everything feels more claustrophobic when you have to be quiet, you know, when you have to be really quiet, it's like a different kind of horror. Like this is like a, you know, I don't, I guess this is considered like sci-fi horror in a way. Um, the first one, because it's like the, the fact that they have to be like really quiet makes everything feel a lot more claustrophobic, a lot more Mm -hmm. tight, a lot scarier, like that you can't make any noises that just like limits a lot of the things you can do. Hence making it claustrophobic. So any little sound freaks me out in these movies. So these, yeah, the, the, the sound design is incredible. I think it's the best part of the movies for sure. Other than the acting. Cause you know, everyone does an amazing job here, but um, the storytelling, this, the, the detail on every little thing, like how they're playing Monopoly, but they have to play with like these little tiny soft cotton pieces rather than the big hard metal pieces. And, and you know, the sand walking over dirt and leaves and stuff like every little detail was so meticulous. And so, you know, it worked so well. And I think John Krasinski is a man of detail and a man of cinema because he's like, well, Every detail has to make sense about this world. I have to soundproof my set. I have to soundproof everything. And like if I was actually in the scenario, and I think it shows it's so outstanding. It's one of my favorite um, movies just like in this genre ever. So um, huge fan of it to kind of break down the first movie. John Krasinski and his family are survivors of this alien invasion. It's crazy because we don't really know how it all happened. At this point, everything's like a mystery. These these aliens are a mystery. We don't really know like what their weakness is or anything like that. And we kind of are on this journey with this family. Um, and the sound design is, like I said, it, it really special because things go from like incredibly silent where you can barely hear everything that's going on. And when something, when, when a noise happens, it happens because it hits you in your ears and it hits you in the face like really hard, like. The first, I remember the first scene and like the first instance of this was when the little girl drops like 
the what is it the the lantern thing like the yeah the it's a lantern she drops the lantern when her and her brother are playing monopoly and it goes from the candle zero s- yeah the candle la- it goes from zero sound to like volume at a hundred <laughs> in a matter of seconds and those are the moments that scare you and I'm not a fan like you know I was just talking to a friend about this recently I don't really love jump scares and horror movie i'm not a big horror movie guy in the first place me neither <laughs> yeah, <laughs> i don't know what i, I was just, doing I don't, I don't like um horror movies but i can enjoy a good horror movie if it's done right and it earns those scares rather than just cheap jump scares for the sake of just being a jump scare so movies like midsummer movies like hereditary movies like the witch i if i do like a horror movie it's a horror movie that leaves an eeriness in me or makes me feel or like makes me feel disturbed or Mm -hmm. uneasy unsettling like if i feel that way after the movie and i just feel like gross like that's better rather than an entire movie that's just trying to get me to jump for a five second cheap scare so like compared to like the conjuring and movies like that they don't do anything for me i don't really like those movies annabelle or whatever i don't really like those movies but the Midsummer and stuff, that movie makes me feel uncomfortable after. Hereditary freaks me out. I feel uneasy and unsettled. Um, movies like that do more for me in terms of the horror genre. So this one has those jump scares, but they give you a good reason. And there's like a an actual thing that makes sense behind it because they're being quiet. And anytime it goes from quiet to loud noises, your body automatically just pretty much reacts to it and... Um, you get scared for me, you know, you jump, you, 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 uh, react, but so that this movie does that really well. I don't consider these cheap jump scares cause they're all earned. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. Earned. So they're like, you know, I imagine that you're trying to meet quiet the whole time and something loud happens and you get scared, you know? Um, so I think that John Krasinski does everything right in every department. I feel like this movie is one of the, it's like, it's probably a nine out of 10 for me, maybe 10 out of 10. Um, I don't really have any problems with this movie. I think his acting is incredible. Um, I think Emily Blunt is so good. Um, some of the uh, scenes in this movie are just downright insane of the circumstances and the situations that they're put in. Mainly because the main part of the movie is that they're having a baby and they're going to try to deliver this baby quietly which has never been done in the history of ever. I can't imagine anyone going through, mm-hmm. you know, birth and them being quiet, the baby being quiet, the exactly. birth giver being quiet, you know, the, like, it's a very loud process, I'm sure. So that having that be like the focal point of the movie where like you find out that she's pregnant and you find out how many days she has until it's the baby's due is like, you know that it's a ticking time bomb ready to explode. And uh, the lead up all the way up into the climax of this movie is so well done. And, and John Krasinski has, like I said, the details. He drops so many like subtle foreshadows in this movie where you like, you know, you see stuff at the beginning and it, it calls back at the end. It calls back to that beginning thing. Um, a lot of the stuff, including like his son that died from making a noise with a rocket, like the little rocket toy at the beginning of the movie, um, to the little girl going back to the gravesite, blaming everything on herself. Um, the whole time it's beautiful. Another beautiful thing that I want to touch on in terms of the detail of a first quiet place movie is that, um, 
any time we're in the perspective of the daughter, we can't hear anything. The sound completely silenced out, whether it's right. footsteps right. or anything. And I think that's my favorite part because um, I was just watching a little thing with John Krasinski. I think I sent it to you, Rafa. Yeah, little, I didn't get a chance to see it, but I did see that you sent it. It's really good. It's like a, a little scene thing from the second movie. But he cool. talks about the the actress and he says, well, the he's like, well, her mom told me that she could hear stuff. But she could barely hear it. She hears it faintly, like barely. So she's not a hundred percent not able to hear anything. Like there's always like a tiny little bit of that she can hear. So it sounds like muffled out though, like super muffled, as okay. muffled out as it could possibly be. So he says that surrounding her scenes, when you're in her perspective, he tries he muffle he doesn't silence the sound out. He muffles it mm-hmm. like to almost ninety five percent. You know, as close as you can get to hearing something without basically not hearing it right and i think that's just like another great detail because it's crazy because she doesn't like there'll be like an alien right behind her she can't even hear it she doesn't even know it like it's like like that is unsettling but like if someone else was there they would hear like the crazy alien cackling noises that you know they make when they're like their head dysfunctions or disforms yeah, i wouldn't call it a cackling but like it's definitely what, like it's like it's like crackling is what i it's, meant it's um like when you when you open your mouth like this like slowly uh-huh. i don't know yeah. if you guys can hear that yeah but you hear tons of it because it opens like if, if you guys have ever seen stranger things they kind of almost look like crazier versions of a devon gorgons yeah. from stranger things or whatever also those are. Uh, a D reference Demogorgon. <laughs> yeah, and apparently they don't look like that in Dungeons They Dungeons don't look anything like that in Dungeons and Dragons. It looks <laughs> but, like a um, monkey snake. Oh, that's that's what a real Demogorgon is? That's a what a real snake? that's well, real quotation marks Demogorgon is like a technically they're like a demon lord, but they look like monkey snakes. <laughs> oh, okay. So, way different there than the go. show. Yeah. But yeah, those that's kind of what those aliens also look like uh in John Krasinski's yeah. films. I would say that the alien design is nothing too special. I, the way they work is pretty special. Mm-hmm. The way they're, but the design of it, they look more or less generic alien. Sort yeah. Of. yeah. I guess that'd be my only sort of gripe, but not even really a gripe. It's just like, it's whatever. It doesn't ruin the movie or take away anything for me. But um, yeah, I, I think everything from the acting, I feel like the little boy does the most overreacting <laughs> when he sees something. He really, you could tell he sees something like his, every muscle in his face is open and reacting. Which little boy? The the middle the, the middle, middle one. boy? The middle one. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. He yeah, um yeah, yeah. the younger brother. He's good at that. He is good. It's He's funny so because I'm that. watching him and I'm like this boy is is acting. <laughs> it's funny. Mm-hmm. It's it's not even like to the level of like, you know, the other the other cast, but it's funny watching him in his face cuz he does yeah. overreacting basically. I love it though. It's good. No, it it works for me. It's something that he does, so I'm mm-hmm. totally cool with it. Yeah. Um but yeah, what what is your maybe your some of your favorite parts about the first Quiet Place? We ha- you haven't rewatched it by the way, so you, I haven't you rewatched have a- it, but I do kind of recall like um, so when I first watched it, I watched it in my living room during the middle of the day because I hate watching any kind of movie like that. Um, although funny enough, I can watch the newer It chapters one and two movies, uh, no problem. But but uh, any any time I watch like a new thriller horror style movie it all like if i'm gonna give it a shot i'm always like freaked out but this one was cool to just see like john krasinski's i think this is debut as yeah, a writer di- directorial debut yeah. directorial debut and writer yeah 
well, maybe not writer, but he might have written a little bit on in the film office. for sure. Yeah, film. He, I mean, this was his baby, and I wanted to watch it because they really enjoyed his his character in um, in the office, and so this is a whole completely different different genre from that. So uh, it took me a while. I probably didn't watch it for a couple months, maybe even a year or so. But when I finally got to it, it was uh, it was it was crazy. I mean. The whole silence thing, that to me was was really cool. I agree with Lewis. The whole sound design thing is incredible. I think that without incredible sound design, this movie would not work the same way. They really thought about a lot of the audible details as well as the non-audible details and how all that connects with what we see on the screen and these actors these uh, kid actors mainly. I mean, we know that John Krasinski and Emily Blunt are some of the most amazing A-list actors, but these kid actors are just phenomenal. And I'm, I'm talking all three of them, you know, and it's impressive to see that girl, Millicent, uh, acting the way she does. And she really is, um, she really is her character. So it's amazing. Uh, that boy in the middle, I, th- I think his name is Noah Jupe or something like that. Uh, so the middle child, he's really, really incredible. And when we hop into chapter two, which we recently saw, I mean, he only got even way better mm-hmm. and he got some crazy scenes to do too. Um, the little boy was the most heart wrecking thing of the entire movie for me. And yeah, to see the guilt of the little girl, uh, because all she wanted to do was to give her little brother a childhood. She, she, she hated seeing her little brother not be able to be a kid. And, you know, what What sibling, if you have, if any of you listeners have siblings, wouldn't want that for their younger siblings. So, um, yeah, that just completely sucked. She blamed herself for a while. And then her dad was just like, you know what? It's all good. Don't worry. You know, we miss him, but it's not your fault. Uh, we see a lot of growth in their family. And... You see it. You see also like just the regular stuff of like what any kid is going through. They're growing up and they're kind of a little rebellious, but it's a weird world and they can't be too rebellious. Uh, but it's really, really good. I think it was an amazing first film. A lot of surprises and turns along the way for sure. And uh, that ending was unexpected for me. I did not. I did not expect. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said that at the beginning. <laughs> I did not. Oh, I did not expect John Krasinski's character to to die. Yeah, yeah. That was heartbreaking, and also really gross was when Emily Blunt's character like steps on that nail. You knew it was coming, oh, yeah. but when it happened, it was like, oh yeah, that's probably one of the most like that was ooh, intense. The ooh moments, probably the movie. It was really sure. really intense, and just amazingly clever how the little girl finally like figures out how to weaken these aliens she has her hearing aid Mm -hmm. she's been like tinkering with stuff throughout the entire movie kind of see and that's how they're able to to survive come the end of the movie um but there's still crazy stuff to that that is to come yeah so i think it's like beautiful my favorite part is john krasinski he says that he wrote this movie as a love letter to his kids. Mm. And he said that I want to make a movie to show my kids how much I love them. So 
his ultimate sacrifice at the end of the movie is when he's doing the sign language saying, I love you. I always have loved you. I always will love you is for his kids and saying, Mm -hmm. I will, you know, basically I'll die for you. Like I will do anything for you. I'll do anything so that you can survive and have a better life. Yeah. So he, especially that ending scene, the whole movie is about him doing things. If you look, it's him. He's like the best dad in the movie. He's like, I, you know, I, I've loved you. I've always loved you. I'll do anything for you. I'll build this hearing aid for you so that you can yeah. hear better. Um, I'm selfless being, you know, he, he wants to be the best dad. So in real life, he, well, he wrote this movie for, for them as a love letter to them mm-hmm. so that when they get older, they can understand, cool. they see this movie, they can understand like, yeah, my dad would do anything for me. So I think yeah. that's such a beautiful sentiment and, uh, the script is all the better for that. It, once he based it in some sort of real life thing. Yeah, so. it's he's he's an incredible human being. Uh, <laughs> during the whole pandemic year that we had in 2020, his whole his whole little like good news news anchor thing. I uh-huh. forget what it was called. Yeah, um, yeah I remember mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, um, it was the most coolest thing. He was just like, you know what? Got to try to do something to like keep the life going somehow some way whatever that is and i feel like in a way even though it seemed like it was for the world i feel like he really did that for his kids mm-hmm. you know i mean i'm not nobody knows what happens behind closed doors at, at any family's home but i'm sure the krasinski family is like any family you know they've got to teach their kids how to behave when they're not and there's rough days there's definitely like how do you teach your kids like something crazy is going on without making them worry or panic? And, you know, you may even be worried and not know what's going to happen and internally be panicking. But that's that's um, that's kind of like what his character went through in this movie. You know, I mean, everybody in this in this uh, movie world knew that something crazy is going on, something like scary. And yet they still tried to have kind of a normal life you know you said that they would play games but they would play games with like cotton stubs and uh-huh. like try to be like as quiet as possible yeah so yeah he's uh he's an amazing human being so this this first movie quiet place part one hands down an amazing movie definitely a nine out of ten for me for sure um yeah, me too. Nine out of ten, solid movie. I love every part of it. Mm-hmm. One of my most memorable movie experiences for sure. I, I remember being nervous to go see it again. I was like, I'm not ready for those loud noises um, <laughs> that just pop up every now and then. But yeah, super good movie. Nine out of ten. A Quiet Place one. Going now to A Quiet Place two. John Krasinski didn't want to make the sequel to this movie. He the studio um, ordered another sequel or sequel. Um, he told them, uh, I concluded my story. I'm good with what it is. I don't need to do another one. And he's like, you're going to have to find another writer and stuff. And he was like, they're like, okay. So he like ended up sort of getting an idea and started like writing a draft in a way. And he, I think in that video that I sent you, he said, he's like, well, He's like, after I said no, I, you know, had an idea and I started just writing something down just to write it down, just mm-hmm. to play with my world a little bit more. But yeah. uh, I'm sure. But 
he was like, he's like, and then once I knew it, he was like, damn. I'm writing this movie. <laughs> he's like, here we go. <laughs> and he was like, he's like, one thing led to another. He's like, all of a sudden I'm just, I'm on the movie, writing the movie. He's like, there's no co-writers. It's him. And he's directing it and not starring in it this time. So, well, he's not, st- he's not starring. He doesn't in necessarily it. star, but he's he does. In it. Yeah. He, he gives us. So big spoiler alert now. I so. spoil. I, this is your third this one. Is your, I don't yeah, care at this we're point. We're just, uh, but we got to give them their fair warning. I feel. Yeah. The beginning fair. of this movie is incredible. It, we finally get to understand or not understand, but we finally get the details as to like, not necessarily how things happened, but what happened. Yeah. We get the alien invasion scene because by the time yeah. in, in uh quiet place one, it's post apocalyptic. We've, everything that's happened already and mm-hmm. it's been 400 something days um in this movie we get because it's cool because they give us like the day and it says like day 470 something right and i'm like cool we know what day we're in and stuff like that but this one says the movie starts off saying day one and we're yeah. like oh shit like we're really going to get day one and see how everything went down that day from their perspective yep. of their small hometown and the movie starts like John Krasinski's character is going to grab some like snacks and stuff and it's at the pharmacy slash marketplace where uh, he would go in the first movie to get medicine and stuff and so uh-huh. there's there's reference again to that little space shuttle that's in there in that store um, but at the beginning of the movie you see that He's about to pay at the register or something, but the guy who's the clerk at, at the store is looking at something on the TV, and you can kind of hear it a little bit, and there's something going on somewhere in the world. I don't remember what part. And so then we then we get to what feels like something nice and normal for a little bit. Right, good talk. <laughs> Sorry, Phil was sick. My brother's texting me. I'm house sitting again this weekend. So. I was like, chirp, chirp. No, but um, I was like trying yeah, to not the, steal your thunder. No, <laughs> no I always a, do that. On it's your okay. Show. It's okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I love the opening of this movie. Um, we get to like, like you know, like I mean, they're at this baseball game. Meteor or something falls out the sky we don't really know what it is yeah. they, they're not really it's just this hurling ball of flame huge starts breaking into the atmosphere and you just see them at their little baseball game with this family and you just see this thing crack into the earth like from it, there and they all just like everyone just starts running and like kind of like gathering going home but it's like a lot of people going home at the same time so it's it, a lot of traffic like you know people traffic it's also sad to tra- see like the little boy again yeah, it's a different actor. Yeah, uh, of course. Because they kind of cover him in his old bowl cut. Yeah. Um, but it's um, it is it is a little bumming because you know what happens to him. But um, we get like the day one and how whatever happened and like I think they're driving or like the or John Krasinski goes up and in this video that I sent you he goes he goes yeah and that right there that's Hercules Mulligan. <laughs> yep. He's like, that's him. The actor. I, uh, by the way, I pointed that out to them. Cause I didn't even know the day that we got. So we came back to hang out a little bit after the movie. And I was like, 
did you guys see my boy, uh, James Madison, Hercules Mulligan? He's like, huh? What are you talking about? Lewis is like, I didn't see him. It's like, he's the cop, like, at the beginning of the movie. And he goes like, oh, yeah, I guess that was him. I didn't even notice. I, I was like, how I do you not I notice didn't my notice. boy? Hercules Mulligan. That's that's one of my favorite, too. From the, it's, He's from Hamilton, by the way, if you didn't catch the reference. But, um, you no longer get to have him as your favorite. Nope. Yeah, that's okay. I'll I'll stick to George Washington. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he he even says he's like, well, if you've seen Hamilton, sh- there he is. That's Hercules Mulligan right there. Like, it's funny yeah. to watch John Krasinski get excited about Hamilton. Yeah, I just want to run down this like this initial craze. So after the baseball scene, they're in the middle of a game or about to, they just kind of started a game, a uh, little league, and they see the meteor or whatever it is. This, spaceship falling into the earth whatever um everybody kind of leaves not really panicking but just, just kind of leave big crowd and john krasinski is talking to a friend a family friend on the benches right and then as they're leaving he's like have you heard anything from your brother from the base or something he's like i don't know i just got off the phone with him but i'll give him a call again so that's the last time that those two see each other and then John Krasinski's character, Lee, goes into his car with his daughter and and uh, I think just the daughter, actually. Just the daughter. The daughter went with him. The other and, two went with the mom. Yeah. And uh, then he sees the cops kind of pull up behind him, right? And this is um, uh, this is the uh, Hercules Mulligan guy. Uh-huh. I, I, his name is hard to pronounce, so I'm just going to call him O. That's what they call him. Mm-hmm. Oka something is his real name, but oh. So O's Oka character smash something. Oat Smash or something. Yeah, his it's, name. it's really hard. But um John Krasinski's character Lee gets out of the car to talk to O's police character, and all of a sudden this thing just flings at well, the cop. The alien. Shoom. We know what it is. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, they didn't know, right? Uh-huh. The characters in the movie don't know. And that's when chaos begins. And it's crazy. Yeah. It's cool to watch, you know, how it all started. But then it cuts to a baby crying. And so the main part of this movie takes place literally seconds after the other one ends. Um, where the mom, like, has a shotgun in her hand still from the end of the other movie. Mm-hmm. And she tells the boy to get yep. up. And then they leave. Um, so it's cool. We get to see them leave. And, and we see where they go seconds after everything that just happened in the final movie it happens. Um, they head out. And this movie doesn't take much to get started. It gets into it right away. They start walking on this path. They And it, you see where, you know, the symbolism is beautiful, too, because where they have to leave their home is where the sand stops and they have to start walking on the leaves. And that's just, you know, symbolic for them having to leave their home now. Mm-hmm. The the, sa- the sand and the their preppy, like their, their willingness or what they have prepared is now all behind them. And they have to do everything on their own again and right. go out. Right. This post-apocalyptic world, and it's crazy because the sound was their protection. The sand, just walking everywhere, that was their way of being protected. But now they're unprotected and they're vulnerable walking out with the baby, especially. Um, it's crazy how they carry the baby too. Everywhere, soundproof little box that yep. the baby's in. Mm-hmm. Um, so they walk out. They're in this like weird little like, what is it like a. I don't even know what they're in. They're like a ship, like a like a yard or like um, 
like a warehouse. Yeah, they get to like a factory warehouse. Like, yeah, place. like a factory warehouse thing. So they go through this gate and they make some. The mom trips up this like yeah. noise thing. Also, like at that point of the movie, there's been like a little bit of like score underneath that, and when they get to that part, silence. Yep. And you just know. Uh huh. You know when they cut <laughs> the score out, it's you're done. <laughs> also, side note to everybody, the entire time my fingers were in my ears like 95 percent of the movie because i was like 90 a good chance like high percentage of you watching a movie like this is usually always a sound design and that's how you usually get freaked out more than what you see visually so i was like able to semi handle what was going on but we watched this in dolby that thing was still freaking loud yeah crazy so yeah we um you know, so that happens. They they set this trip, this trip wire thing that makes all kinds of noise with these buckets. Um, the family ends up having to run. They hear the aliens coming. Yep. The little boy steps on a bear trap. Ooh. And that was like that probably was the craziest moment in the whole movie for me, at least. That's like got the most reaction out of me, is when he did that and the boy's whole leg got stuck in the or got chipped into the, the bear trap i felt so I at that like, point i, was I like, felt like i wasn't even watching a movie i felt like i was seeing a kid get hurt yeah. and i wanted to like jump in like i really wanted to authentically jump in and yeah. help this kid because yeah. you see and it's kind of quick but you can see it just how mangled his foot got mm-hmm. and he just lets out this like horrible this horrible scream like he's he is like suffering. Yeah. And kudos again to this kid actor, Noah, because he like makes it so convincing. <laughs> it sounds like a it's kid in crazy. pain. Yeah. And oh my gosh. Then the panic sinks in because I'm like, oh, the aliens are going to come. Yeah. So, I mean, any tiny bit of noise, the aliens will hear, but he's like belting, screaming yep. his lungs out. And, and- all the while. Somebody's been looking at them the entire time. Yeah. Um, there's a guy with a sniper scope or a binocular scope um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. looking at them, watching them run through the and the bear trap gets them. He screams his lungs out. We're like, I'm like, damn, I don't know how the, they're going to get out of this one. Um, they like get the bear trap off. They start kind of walking him out. Um, he's just in agony. Um, and they get inside the factory and then we find the man. Um and the man brings them into like his little hole that he's kind of sheltered in. Yep. Um, put them in this like, you know, this weird lock kind of thingy, vault looking thing that's built into the wall. Well, even before that, the reason why they went and they're so, so the guy was, as soon as they got to that fence, he kind of like already saw them and he was just watching them. And I thought, I thought that when they triggered the, the the trap that string trap there mm-hmm. with all the noises and stuff i was like oh man they're gonna get they're gonna get an alien attack right now and i'm thinking this guy that's up with this snipe is probably just gonna like shoot the snipe gun and and take it out you know but then all of a sudden when the music intensifies and finally releases they tricked us and it was the kid who gets trapped in that bear trap so yeah then fast forward Back to where uh, Lewis just kind of like finished saying they go back and they go into the warehouse, the family, and then the guy comes out and 
the family's a little bit relieved, sort of, but the guy's like, come on, come on. And then you start to hear, or actually you see one of the aliens that finally arrives there, and they have to, like, hurry it up. Yeah, um, it's crazy, because he's, like, watching them, and then he sees that they're able to combat the aliens on their own. He's like, what the... He's kind of confused. To kind of rush it a little bit, to jump more in... um, they end up finding out that the man was uh, one of their neighbors or, you know, one of the people in their town um, that they kind of showed at the beginning of the movie during day one. Um, he's played by uh, Killian Murphy is the name of the actor. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, John Krasinski saw him in Peaky Blinders while he was binging during the pandemic. And he's like, I need this guy. I need him in the mo- I need him in this movie. So that's how he got casted, like just because they loved him in Peaky Blinders. Um it's cool though Which the way that they fun. cast that way that he writes him into the movie though it's yeah cool. he wrote him into the movie pretty as much. they're like longtime family friend mm-hmm. and then there's a there's a really sad moment because you see what how their relationship was at the very beginning so when they're at this safe space he tells emily blunt's character you guys got to be gone by tomorrow mm-hmm. and emily blunt's like dude you were our friend like mm-hmm you know, help us or like, why didn't you reach out to us? And he was like, did you even try? Did you know that Lee was sending these signals? And he was like, yeah, I knew. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he was petrified. Didn't even want to leave his house. Same. Why I, would he? I'd be the same. Unfortunately, so, I'm a big coward. Like yeah. That. So, I mean, then we kind of start the movie from here. The little girl, just to kind of rush it a little bit more. I don't want to spend an hour on yeah. this movie um the the plot kind of finally comes in and we get the plot of the movie and what what this sequel is meant to do um the little girl devises a plan because they found signal of this thing of the set of the song um and i forgot what the song is i'm blanking but the lyrics say something about over the sea it's um it's that song that's in like finding nemo too or finding dory somewhere did it Beyond the sea Yeah that one there you go mm-hmm. Waiting for me There you go so this song's playing on loop Basically and, and they uh, on their little radio They're finally able to get a signal And he tells them yeah that song always plays um, So the little girl Figures it out that it's a signal That there's something um, And she finds like a map and she's like Well there's an island here maybe that's where The signal's coming from you know it has to be A signal that they're sending about something over the sea So she figures it out tells a little boy a little boy's like no i'm gonna tell mom so she like basically like goes when he's asleep um and emily blunt's character is like well you need to get my daughter back tells killian murphy's character and he's like you know begrudgingly like damn it i guess i do yeah. um that's where like the movie kind of starts pretty much like the plot of it um so like killian murphy finds her they go on this like small journey you know to get to this island he helps her. He ends up agreeing to help her. Um, and it's amazing because they have very this like the acting from both of them is incredible because she has to sign to him while also whispering words in English. Um, and he has to, he's like, I, it's like their conversation is a difficult one for someone who doesn't do American Sign Language and someone who is you know only pretty much can basically communicate in sign language a little right. bit of whispering 
mm-hmm. here and there. So he has to try to figure out what she's saying the whole, basically this whole journey, but they end up making great conversation and they, they, they are able to communicate just fine. They learn about each other in a bit. Um, they get to this part where they are at the docks and that's probably one of the most suspenseful parts of the movie. There's like these like cannibal people who like ambush them. They, they make a bunch of noise. The aliens come, they kill the, uh, cannibals and then it's crazy. We, we find another weakness that they can't swim. Um, so another big part of that, their weakness as we're learning more about the aliens also, they get the boat, they travel to this island and they realize these people have just been living here comfortably for a long, for probably since everything has started yeah, um, on this crazy. island. Apparently, you know, one of the, uh, there's an actor, I recognize him from like Blood Diamond and from Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I also recognize him from, I think it's uh, Barbershop or no, not Barbershop. Oh my gosh, what is it? He's in a Quinn Latifah movie. I don't, I don't really but, watch Quinn Latifah movies, but uh, um, I can't remember. But yeah, <laughs> but yes, also those movies. That yeah, you he's in. Um, he's the guy on Morag when I'll the get first his Guardians uh, movie starts. Yeah, so it, it was a nice surprise to see him in the movie. Um, but he, uh, so he after they kind of like welcome them, they're like, yeah, we've we've been on this island since everything started. We heard everything that happened. We took a boat, fled to the island, and you know they've just been living comfortably there. Um, I might mispronounce his name. I got it, but it is. I'm gonna spell it first, and then I'm gonna try to pronounce it. D J I M O N Jamon. Jamon. Yeah. Hunsu, maybe H O U N S O U. Yeah, I don't know. He's, he. I think he's, I think he's from Europe somewhere. I could mm. be wrong, but because he has an accent. True. Yeah. Um. Well, him <laughs> does him. a pretty good job. He's only in there the movie for a little bit, but yeah, um, we kind of uh, get this uh, conversation of them on the beach, like a nice heart to heart. And he's like, "You're right. I was wrong. I just want to say that that you're more like your dad than I can ever be. Brave, and you're exactly like your dad. You know, in every way, a good person. Um, and that's kind of like the thing that they have been kind of hinting at the whole time, and. The, the mom has been saying like she's so much like him in every way so she's kind of playing him in a way in this movie which is pretty cool that we're not that we we're getting the same characters played by two different people in a way in essence um we come to find out that one of the aliens floated here on a boat somehow you know for plot mm-hmm. convenience of course we need mm-hmm. some crazy stuff to happen um end of the movie takes place the aliens like this one alien attacks like the, almost the whole town but the um, the man on the island takes Killian and the little girl to this like place where they can get them away from the people, um, kind of like leading them off. And this is like for the ending. Basically, this is the end of the movie. But I guess to not forget something real quick, um, we're not with Killian and the girl the whole time, um, Millicent. Where you know we get some flash uh, or some kind of uh, parallels between them and the crazy stuff that's going on with the the family at the uh, bunker still. Um, they have to deal with some alien stuff. The boy does some dumb stuff, makes some noises because the boy can be dumb or something. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that part of the movie is pretty suspenseful also. Um, and Emily Blunt like kills one, um, I think, with... Uh, how does she kill that one again? She like... Uh, 
oh, um, the signal. It's the signal. Yep. Everything Jesus. like all the suspense is building up as like this, as like this team is dealing with this alien and this team is dealing with this alien and they're trying to hold off as, as long as they can. Um, the oxygen stuff. That's another big subplot of the movies that the they don't have enough meds to keep the boy sustained from this pain, like these painkillers, um, and like oxygen and stuff like that. So uh, that's like another B plot of the movie is that Emily. So that Emily Blunt's character is just not doing anything. Like yeah. she has to get medical supplies and and take care of him and keep him, you know, sustained um, with this brutal in, in, injury that he has in his legs. Um, but. This movie definitely focuses more on the kid actors than on yeah. the adult actors. There's some adult, uh, adult help throughout the movie that's necessary, but this focuses more on on the kids and how basically they have to kind of like grow up in the situation. Yeah, but that's you know the and then pretty much the little girl stops the aliens by putting her headpiece into the yeah the microphone that's at this radio station there on the island concurrently at the same time though back at the the boy hears the the sound also yeah the boy hears the sound but he's like with his mom trying to protect the baby there's also an alien that's in there currently trying to kill him and when the sound gets activated he uses uh i forget what he has i think it's the radio or something is it the radio that he uses yeah, he has like he's, a little radio he's holding the whole time. Okay, he's yeah, he takes the headphone sister. jack off and then and then um, he turns it up in front of the alien and then there's a pistol gun out there and at the same time, the boy picks up the pistol, the girl picks up this like wrought iron stick of some sort and off camera, you see... You see uh, that the alien with the boy has been shot and that the girl has at the same time hit the other alien that's in the in the studio with her and Killian. Mm-hmm. And that's where the movie ends. The movie just like it just ends. abruptly just ends, just cuts I, hard. I think that's like, oh. the worst part for me. I'm just like, yeah. wait, what? That's probably my least favorite part, too. But I think this movie did everything correct again. Yeah, I love the first movie more still, but not by much. I would say this is like an eight and a half out of 10 and the first one's a nine out of 10 for me, which is still like passing by a mile. I would, I would probably only give it an, I would give it an eight only because, uh, the first movie had a way better ending than the second one did. Yeah. I mean the self-sacrificing thing and everything Mm -hmm. that was just, you know, um, it was hard. It's, it's hard to, I was like, how are they going to do this twice? Like, I had no f- hope, faith going into this one. I was like, this thing <laughs> might suffer from like sequelitis, and um, I just didn't think this movie was going to be that good. But it was, psh, it was solid. I yeah. had a really good time at yep. the movies, and just being back at the movies in general has just been mm-hmm. fun. Um, not my first theater experience. I know a lot of people. I think this is a lot of people's first theater experience back, maybe um, from what I've heard. But mine was Godzilla vs King Kong. I went. I started my movie experience re-entering. I went hard. Had to. <laughs> Godzilla vs. Kong. So, um, but yeah, eight and a half out of ten for me. I love this one. I love the first one as a uh, duo. Um, I love them both. I'm super excited. If they make a third one, I have no idea where they're going to go. I think they have to go back and she has to go get her mom. 
and bring them back here, you know, or who knows like how this, that would be the safest plan. But, um, yeah, that's our review on and breakdown of a quiet place part one and two. So we kept it under an hour. We did. I'm happy. I, I was like, I need to cut on the details a little bit. Um, cause basically this movie does everything. The first one does with a little extra more context mm-hmm. on the aliens. But, um, yeah. So, uh, tell us what you thought of a quiet place part one and two. We hope you enjoyed the double feature. We'll try not to skip a week. And if we do, we'll tell you in advanced, but hopefully next week we will get out our review for in the Heights. Hopefully. Or Loki part one or episode one. We do not do episode reviews on this show. I'm the producer. I decide ultimately what happens. <laughs> That's Cap. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, the Loki stuff will be at the end of June for sure. Early uh, July. So um, I don't know how many episodes Loki is, but I, we're definitely going to talk about it within the no coming month. Either we don't. I, I don't know the episode count. I don't know the episode length. I, I hope this is not a Wandavision thing. This uh, uh this show from what I'm told already has two seasons like locked in. Yeah. So lengthwise, what does that mean? Yeah. Whatever is going to happen in season one, I'm excited for anyway, because there's going to be, well, they said that about some of the shows too, but there's going to be direct connections to, uh, some of the up and coming Marvel movies. I don't trust anything. But, any uh, director or actor we'll says see. about this show. We will see. It looks fun. Um, but yeah, uh, Loki starts next week and the Heights comes out next Friday. Mm-hmm. A lot of music for me comes out too. So, um, this back end of June will be loaded with got content. Lots of stuff to talk about, Mr. Yeah, Ultra Tier. Exactly. Cause it's been kind of slow as of lately. Um, life's up, picking up. Yes. Yes. Summer movie, TV, music, video games, all of it ready to go. We're mm-hmm. excited to talk about it. But we're going to cut it here. Thanks, guys, for joining us on our review for uh, Quiet Place Part 1 and 2. Let us know what you think. Um, And also, uh, we made a link tree, so all the links are in one place now. So please go follow the link tree. It's in my personal Instagram bio. It's in the bio on on, uh, the Ultra Podcast Instagram. So go ahead and hit the link tree if you want to know where you can find everything at. We will hopefully be adding to that link tree soon in what way who knows but we'll figure that out along the way but thank you for staying tuned again also shout out to vicky for the graphic she's amazing as always she's a third member of our team so we always have to you know give vicky a shout out much love vicky vicky i hope i meet you in person one yeah. day still <laughs> yeah lewis owes us that we do yeah we all have to go grab lunch or something um but we'll do that soon um but yeah much love guys that's going to be this episode of the ultra podcast stay tuned in next week Peace.